0: Hello and welcome. This is a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org. We continue our podcasts about the war which Russia began against Ukraine. This series is brought to you by Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center, two Ukrainian media NGOs. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm chief editor of ukraineworld.org and analytics director at Internews Ukraine. We are making this podcast with Tetyana Harkova, who is in charge of international outreach of Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Hello, Tanya.
1: Hello, Volody.
0: Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com ukraineworld. Our topic today is what the whole world is talking about, is what we would call Bucha massacre. We can also use the term Irpin massacre or Hostomel massacre or even more broadly Kiev massacre because all these are Kiev suburbs, the tiny cities that are linked to Kiev. And um, uh, yesterday there was the, the, the photos, the videos were revealed of, uh, of just inhumane tragedies that took place in these cities, uh, because uh, as we know, Russians have left after the fights, these cities. Ukrainians uh, entered the cities and w- what they have seen what they have seen Tania.
1: yeah and uh, we can also add Matizhin Ivankiv or all what we call Zhitomir Road so uh, many villages in fact so this is not only Bucha just to let us highlight that this is not only Bucha and the same situation can be observed everywhere uh, to the north from Kiev so the way where Russians came up to Kiev and then they went back and, and uh, uh, just a few days ago we were able to see what was happening there so what we see we see many, many civilians uh, killed, uh, civilians without any defense. And we see also a lot of women killed, raped, and then killed, and then their corpses uh, burned burnt by, by, by these Russian soldiers. This is uh, impossible to describe. You've all seen these videos, these photos. We have some testimonies from our friends who came to, K- to Bucha yesterday night, just to see people who have their homes there and who were able to see what was happening. In fact, so it is not like Mariupol. Still some houses are, are there. They're not all in ruins, but uh, we are all without... It's difficult to describe our reaction because how can you describe your reaction when you see the places you know uh, in such a state, and when you see dead bodies on the on the road, and you see these mass graves, and we have friends who seen who saw mass graves yesterday night. And a lot of people without use from their families who are trying to search for somebody and to trying to understand if their relatives or somebody from their families are there inside these graves, because mass graves there were open yesterday already, still yesterday, just to to for people maybe uh, to be able to identify if their relatives are inside or outside or whatever. So these there is no words about what was happening. There is what is clear for us. Um, it is clear that there were no military necessity, no military objective to do all that. There is no military necessity to kill people without arms. So this is clear for us. So we are talking today about genocide about this uh, uh, this action against civilians this is not from distance this is not from missiles or from grads you know that a lot of victims were in many cities but it is from sharing you know when you press when you, you you it's about bombs so you don't see the uh, faces of your victims now you see the faces of your victims so this is a kind of different level of of cruelty and different level of uh, I don't know barbarism how we call how we call that, all that this is about extermination this is a war about extermination of ukrainians everywhere where Russian army is so and we understand that we will discover such pictures everywhere where Russian army is present at that very moment we are talking about talking so for example in Mariupol or maybe in some villages in Kharkiv regions or maybe in Kherson why not in Kherson and what is important to say that in Bucha there were no pro-Ukrainian manifestations nothing like that because uh, Russians arrived in Bucha during the first days first days of this war and there were no uh, no um, flags, uh, no manifestation, nothing like that. The normal, peaceful people living in their homes and hiding in their in their uh, caves, all that. And in Kherson, for example, we may see even more atrocities because people were coming up to the streets. So um, we are to find words for that because uh, at that, very moment, we are not. We we can speak about genocide. We can speak about military crimes. We can speak about uh, about what about inhumane behavior. We can speak about this battle between civilization and what how we call that barbarism, uh, because we have proofs of Russian troops when they go away from these villages and small cities. They are they were taking everything they could. I mean even. Um, all kind of uh, i don't know coffee machines printers uh, um, uh all, all kind of stuff yeah so this is about mass destruction
0: and uh, of course you probably have seen all these photos if you haven't seen them go to our twitter ukraine world and uh, under the hashtag russian war crimes you can find those horrible photos videos what we see from these videos and photos that, for example, on the Zhitomer Road, the one big route coming from the west to Kyiv, there were big fights and, and people were trying to escape in the first days. If you came to Ukraine, for example, for Euro 2012 football championship, you would you would probably use this road, Zhitomer Road, because it joins the western Ukraine with Kyiv. And we have seen on these photos that, well, dead bodies, uh, just on the road for this, you know, for several weeks, and uh, of course, they, they, they started to decompose. We see lots of civilian vehicles which are, which, who are just uh, burned down, who uh, which are, you know, shot with, um, with um, atomic rifles. So, um, uh, unfortunately, this is indeed, we, we see so many cases of civilians being killed with purpose. Right. And, and these massacres show us that in Bucha, there are also testimonies that people were smashed in their cars by the tanks and uh, still some bodies are inside these cars. We also published a video by Denis Kazansky, Ukrainian journalist and blogger who was there in Bucha and who filmed that. So you can see it on our, on our Twitter. There are, uh, you know, we see the mass graves. We see the graves not in Bucha, but in a, in a different town, 50 kilometers from Kiev. When uh, it's actually a village, when the the head of this village were just uh, tortured and killed with her family and just buried in the in the in the uh, in the in the land without any coffins, without nothing, of course, just buried, just. And uh, you know, uh, these pictures with mass graves, when people uh, who buried them, most probably their n- neighbors, they just constructed some Im- improvised crosses with uh, branches of uh, little tiny branches of, of trees, for example, right? And this is also shows how, how horrible it is.
1: And we are in search of meaning, we are in search of uh, signification, I don't know, meaning of all these acts, and uh, 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 tomorrow, today, today in the morning, we discover a new piece of this um, Russian view of what's happening, because after this discovery of Bucha, Irpin, Gostomir, because the situation is not not specific in Bucha, they took place everywhere when they were present, and um, and we find a text published today in uh, in a Russian uh, resource called Ria Novosti.
0: The official, the state, uh, state Russian, uh, news Russian news agency. The news, official news, name, agency.
1: news agency. And we are in a way overwhelmed of what we are reading because they are talking today uh, uh, about a kind of justification of such a behavior. What this they are talking about denazification, which was proclaimed to be the objective of this military campaign in Ukraine, but now they are talking about the ukrainization how how we call it in English, uh, of this Nazi country. They call um, they call um, Ukraine, um, and they try to just to justify these uh, mass uh, murders of Ukrainian civilians, stating that uh, not only mili- uh, Ukrainian military are guilty, but also civilians are guilty. And let me, uh, for example, uh, quote uh, just the very beginning of this article, and then we'll continue. To do so with uh, the important messages, so it starts like starts like that. Um, the second paragraph: Denasification denazification is necessary when a significant part of the people, most likely the majority, has been mastered and drawn into the Nazi policy in its politics. That is when the hypothesis that people are good, the gov- government is bad, doesn't work. Recognition of this fact is the basis of the policy of denazification of all its measures, and the fact itself in its subject matter. Ukraine is in just such a situation. The fact that the Ukrainian voter voted for the peace of Poroshenko or peace of Zelensky should not be misleading. The Ukrainians are quite satisfied with the shortest path to peace through the blitzkrieg, which is the last two Ukrainian presidents transparently hinted at when they were elected. It was this method of appeasement of internal anti-fascists through total total terror. It was used in Odessa, Kharkiv, Dnipropetrovsk, Mariupol, and other Russian cities, they say. I'm ending this. And this quite suited the common Ukrainian. Denazification is a set of measures in relation to the Nazified population, population mass, which technically cannot be subjected to direct punishment as war criminals. So, this is the very beginning of this of this article, and now we see that they are trying trying to blame not only government but also uh i mean population, so we are all guilty, so it means directly that we are also to be exterminated killed in a way.
0: yeah, right? they're talking about the passive Nazis or the masses, so this is a opinion piece right on real noty. And uh, but still, it's really you know, It's the most official Russian news agency, right? And mm-hmm. the, the key tool of Russian propaganda. And uh, what the author is saying is that, um, in addition to uh, to destruction of uh, of the uh, active Nazis, let's let's call it in that way. Now, a quote, a significant part of the masses which are passive Nazis, accomplices of Nazism, are also guilty. Mm -hmm. They supported and indulged Nazi government. The just punishment of this part of the population is possible only as bearing the inevitable hardship of a just war against the Nazi system.
1: Let me draw your attention to another quotation, what they call nazification. So at least we understand what their way of thinking. For example, clearly in this article now I read, the nazification of Ukraine continued for more than 30 years, beginning at least at uh, um, 1989, when Ukrainian nationalism received legal and legitimate forms of political expression and led to the movement for independence, independence, towards Nazism. So what they call Nazi, uh, Nazification, this is a process of independence of Ukraine, which started back in Perestroika.
0: They're saying that being Ukrainian is already being Nazi. Yeah, or as being democratic
1: state like like Ukraine be- became a democratic state back in ninety one, right, uh, with its independence and we ho- have all these democratic institutions. So for them, this is equal to Nazification. So this is a, this is a complete, uh, how you, we call it, bullshit, complete... Uh,
0: well, this is a complete nightmare because nightmare, I mean, yeah. they, they call Nazism a democracy, de- democratic movement, where you have freedom of speech, where you have competition, where you have fair election. That's that's what they call Nazis, And indeed, they are basically saying, this author, uh, and Andrea Novosti is basically saying that they're not only targeting the, some, you know, battalions, like Azov battalion, they can think that this is a Nazi or whatever, or some nationalists. No, they want to exterminate basically all people who identify themselves as Ukrainians, I, who and want Ukrainian independence, who do not identify themselves as Russians.
1: Yeah, and even then the, the name Ukraine has to be forbidden according to this article. For example, here we read that the name Ukraine, I quote here, the name Ukraine apparently can be retained as a title of any fully denazified state entity in a territorial liberated from the Nazi regime, so they imagine that after this process of denazification, there will, will no Ukraine at all, no, no, no country like uh, like Ukraine. So this is a complete nightmare, and complete. So this is a
0: declaration of intent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The declaration of uh, of the intended genocide. They clearly show that they want to ex- exterminate all Ukrainians who identify themselves as Ukrainians. Note that they no longer make any distinction between Russian-speaking and Ukrainian-speaking. Mm. Because if you're Russian-speaking but want an independent Ukraine, you are a Nazi, according to this estimation. So this is, it. This is their logic and this is the, 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 the nightmare they're living in. And uh, with this logic, as, as we have been saying for many, many years, We were asked by, you know, about what do you think about Russian disinformation, etc. And we were saying, look, it's not about disinformation. It's about hating. It's about mass production of hate, mass production of dehumanization. Russian propaganda, like Ria Novosti, was a mass production of dehumanization. And I think that it is also we should stop comparing Hitler and Putin, we should stop comparing Nazism and Putinism because Putinism is in a special type of evil with its special characteristics which has much more in common probably with Stalinism and one of the because uh, we were saying it you know when Russians have imposed this ultimatum to NATO and to ukraine nato or the western world that they want to come back to this yalta uh, you know system of the world if you want to come back to yalta system of the world you need to become stalin mm-hmm. there is no other way you can come back to it you you need to make uh, purges inside the country you need you need to just purge russia from any liberal elements any freedom of speech and this is what is happening and you need also start purge, uh, purging, genociding the, the other nations, other ethnicities. What, what Stalin was doing, right?
1: I think that um, maybe uh, just to, to, to pose to this nightmare, to this absolutely crazy text, in fact, because if you read, we will publish it, this text is uh, uh, English translation in many resources, so our audience, you will be able to read uh, what, what he's talking about. This is a complete uh, nonsense, in fact, but... It comes together. Let's not forget that this text comes together with an important military defeat of Russia at that very moment on the Ukrainian land. So what we see... We see that they, withdrawn, they, they are withdrawing their troops from Kyiv region, from Chernihiv as well. For example, today we received information about the road, which already functions between Kyiv and Chernihiv. This is a miracle for us. This, is a, this means for us that we can save, still, still save many people who are inside Chernihiv. Chernihiv is destroyed up to 70%. I mean, in terms of buildings, so Chernihiv, one of the most ancient and valuable cities in Ukraine, is destroyed. But but this is they, they are withdrawing their troops. They are about to start their uh, another military plan. Second, I don't know exactly. Maybe sort of fourth plan, just to re-attack in Donbas. But at that very moment we are speaking, there is no massive attack in Donbas. So they are preparing it, but at the moment they, we don't see it on the ground. So, and we are not sure that this success, this attack will be successful. Because why? Because there are sanctions which arrive, but there are also military help for Ukraine which arrive. I mean, not only these defensive arms, but also uh, some um, important arms to attack. And military success of Russia in Ukraine is not clear at all. It's much, much more sure, much less sure today than, let us say, 40 days ago. So what we see is a kind of hysteria Propagandistic hysteria in their state resource, but it is not supported. It is not proven, but by, by any any military success. So we can interpret that like a compensation. Maybe this piece is also is also for internal use in a way. This is not for Ukrainians. So let us not be afraid of this bullshit because. We, we know this this, uh, this story and they are only showing how crazy they are. But I, I guess this is a propaganda tool for, for internal hatred, for all Russians to hate Ukrainians for this failure. Uh, and what they will try to do now, they will try to find an enemy, an internal enemy, because just to justify why their army is failing in Ukraine. So what we, they will be do, doing in coming weeks, they will be trying to find a, somebody guilty for their fail. So, and they have to to keep the moral and just to keep this propaganda, uh, propaganda very high. Uh, And to to explain why this is happening.
0: Yes, and uh, let's not forget that, um, I mean, I I started this idea that uh, we should not be comparing Hitler with Putin, but we should look at the specificity, specificity of the Putin's regime. And I think one of the specific traits is that, well, Hitlerism was kind of a Mm, dividing humanity into blocks, right? And, and, and Stalinism partially, Leninism, I would say, Leninism was doing uh, in, into the blocks, like some block of people are, deserve to leave, other, uh, other categories of people do not deserve to leave. So for example, for Hitler, like Germans deserve to leave, Jews, Slavs, Roma do not deserve to leave. For Lenin, proletariat deserves to leave, uh, bourgeoisie does not, peasants do not, etc. But Stalinism already, I think, is just completely changed the very idea of value of life, meaning that no life has a value. You can sacrifice any life,
1: millions. Yeah, millions. You can
0: sacrifice millions. You can send them to gulags. You can exterminate them. You can make holodomor, etc. And I think Putinism is now continuing this uh, this uh, this trend. They're not. Uh, valuing the life of their own citizens. They are sending their soldiers without any equipment, without any chances to survive, without any memory which will be with the soldiers that they heroically died in Ukraine. Because nobody died, as they said. Therefore, they diminished diminished the the figures of the losses, while the losses, according to Ukrainian estimates, are already over 18,000 they are they have the figure probably ten times less. U- Ukrainian attitude to to the dead is absolutely different because mm-hmm. we have seen I personally have seen traveling through Ukraine, passing through villages when all, all the village comes to uh, to bury the dead, right? And Russians, for example, they're saying we will protect Russian-speaking population and they destroy, annihilate Mariupol, which is a Russian-speaking city mostly. They, uh, they bomb heavily uh, Kharkiv, uh, over a thousand, or a thousand and a half uh, buildings destroyed. Also, Chernihiv, you mentioned, well, half of the population in Chernihiv is Russian-speaking as well. Mm-hmm. So they don't really care about Russian speakers. They don't really care they about, don't, about they, anybody. They, they don't care about Russian citizens. They the the only ideology is this what they call force, the ability to destroy, the ability to make suffer. And there, as as we have seen, as uh, we uh, we have talked uh, recently uh, about this Russian ideology, it's it's a negative sum game. So. Yeah. Even if you're about to lose, you should force your enemy to lose more. And therefore they're ready to, for these atrocities, for these horrible crimes that they do in Butcher and other suitors.
1: Good news in all that, that this is this war is a suicide, it's Russian suicide. And they are quite aware of that, for example, when they state in this article about the loneliness of Russia. So Russia is alone today. For example, what we read now, I quote, Russia will have no allies in the denazification of Ukraine no ally so and then they develop saying that they are alone they were the russia was a country who saved europe for, from nazism back into 20th century but now they are alone and they will f- follow their own path of suicide now because nobody no partner yes, possible this is- in this cult of death and this cult of of, de- of death in fact so so they don't value their own life and so they, they are alone, it's normal that they are alone, because other normal people, civilized people, they want to live, they want to develop, they want, they want to con- construct something, not to die. Yeah. And uh, at least they are, they are aware of the fact that there will be no friendships and no partnerships, and this suicide will be a lonely suicide in this war.
0: Yes, but this is special, special way, it's the, the Nazi Zonderweg, <laughs> we remember this very, very well. So in, in, in some aspects history has repeats itself. We are also f- focusing all the time regularly on Russian propaganda and what have they have been saying after the revealing of Bucha massacre is that of course it was all staged and as they The same RIA Novosti, with reference to Russia's Defense Ministry, it was saying that it was a provocation by Ukrainian radicals. Mm -hmm. So they mean that, uh, well, at some footages, uh, dead bodies are moving. Dead bodies have been moving. That moving their hands or whatever, and then uh, that. that some of the uh, dead bodies were too fresh. Well, we have seen <laughs> on, on pictures that uh, they have been decomposing this, unfortunately, this, uh, these dead bodies and uh, well, the pictures that we have been publishing, for example, are coming from the from the reputable sources, from Reuters, from Associated Press, from from international. Who
1: received all that from people on the ground. So no, no, no,
0: who went there and, and filmed it. By photographers themselves who cooperating with these world news agencies who came there and filmed it. So there are there were many international journalists who visited Bucha yesterday and the. Uh, and um, we have all these witnesses.
1: So important thing to, to, to fix now is that they are exploring as they, u- they usually do numerous versions of reality. So on one hand, they publish this article stating that for, for their audience, maybe, that all Ukrainians are Nazis. So we justify what we've done there by stating that we are that you, all, Ukrainians, all Ukrainians should be exterminated because they are evil. Yeah, because they're Nazis or whatever, they're guilty as the government is, etc. etc. But simultaneously, at the same time, they're developing this, this narrative of that, oh, okay, this is not this is not real, this is Ukrainian, they organize that this is not this is not real bodies, this is not real bucha, this is not reality. At the same time, the third version of reality is that this Ukrainian army who organized all that, they are saying that, look, this is Ukrainian Nazis who shelled their own people and they organized all this massacre in Bucha, but this is not our responsibility. We we haven't touched any civilian during this war, so this is your guilt. And at the same time, they are presenting this version of reality and, for example, Security Council of United Nations today They are acting proactively, saying that, look what Ukrainians have done in Bucha. So, this is a normal way for them to proceed. And what Peter Pomerantsev back in 2014 developed, um, that the uh, Russians were using information as um, as arms, stating that they never have only one point of view of what's happening. They are trying to to create this kind of uncertainty. We don't know exactly what happened in, in Bucha. Maybe if they were Ukrainians themselves, and maybe it was just uh, not real at all. They were just creating the false bodies and the false uh, photos. And at the same time, they are stating for their audience that Yes, we did that, but we had right to do so because Ukrainians should be exterminated. So de- they are developing a multitude, so a number of versions of reality, this postmodern reality where nothing is true and everything is possible. So that's what they are doing. They, they were doing that in, for example, MH17 case. We do remember that they have uh, tons of explanations what happened, and they are doing that today with Bucha. So they, nothing new for us. So we do understand that they are trying. to to explode the the understanding that there is a reality. There is a reality of human lives, human bodies, I don't know. uh, They try to to annihilate reality, what they do in fact. And this is what we have to fight against. We have to to, to bring things to facts and to say, look, there is Bucha and there is Mariupol and there is Kharkiv and there is real Ukrainians and Ukraine exists. This is a fact. We exist and Ukrainian identity exists. So they are trying to fight against reality. So that's, that's what they're doing.
0: Yes, and they should lose and they should be punished for that. So Bucha massacre, Mariupol genocide. I'm afraid there will be more and more wars like this, uh, like this in the coming, coming time because we're revealing these Russian crimes. And this should be a reaction. There is n- nowhere to hide already. We, and, and there are clear facts. They took over Bucha, they, when they left, they left uh, you know dead bodies behind themselves. People exterminated, burned, raped, mass graves. That's the reality. and that's what international society have already seen. This was the Explaining Ukraine podcast. We will continue our podcasts. Uh, we will try to get more testimonials from people who escaped these massacres uh, soon. You can support us on patreon.com ukraineworld. Uh, we make this podcast. Uh, it's a joint initiative by Internews Ukraine and Ukraine Crisis Media Center. Tetiano Harkova, who is in charge of uh, international communication at Ukraine Crisis Media Center. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. Uh, I'm chief editor at ukraineworld.org listen to us on many platforms, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts, YouTube stay with us, stay with Ukraine